this video, I'm going to be talking about the mentality of expanding activity. This is a topic I get asked about a lot, probably one of the most asked questions, whether it's on YouTube, Instagram, any of my other platforms, or even in the recovery jumpstart program, this becomes, you know, a tricky area because there is no black and white of how much you should expand, how much you should pull back. Like I can't give you an exact formula. A lot of it is going to be based on how you're feeling, your energy levels, your symptom levels, intensity of symptoms, how confident you are in your ability to handle adjustment periods. So there's a lot of factors that go into it. It's, it's not as simple as, okay, tell me what you did. Okay, you should increase activity or pull back. We need to kind of get a full picture, a full kind of background of what's been going on. Like how long have you had this? Have you tried doing this activity before? So there's so many things, but at the end of the day, Oh, it's not so much the activity I want people to focus on. So let's go back in time to when I was sick. My mentality around doing more, being able to increase activity or even start to add exercise, it was always, okay, let me just add little by little. And if I add five to 10% or 15% every single week, then I'll be good. So maybe I'll do one push up today. I'll hold that for three or four days and I'll add another push up, then another push up, then another push up. But it doesn't always work like that because there's other factors that we need to account for things like did we walk a lot that day was there a lot of emotional stress was there a lot of mental stress did we drive a lot that day did we do groceries so we, we can't really put an exact level of activity that we need to do or what we can increase a lot of it is unpredictable so that's why in the beginning it's important to kind of go by feel go week by week don't come up with this grand master plan and tell yourself okay i'm going to stick to this and if i just stick to this then i'm going to be good doesn't really work like that. And so for me, what really worked was understanding that if I do activity, whether it's mental or physical, or there's a lot of emotional stimulus, then I knew that would cause stress on my nervous system. Now, stress isn't always bad, right? There can be good stress called eustress. It's just a form of stimulus on the nervous system. So I want you to think of it that way. Think of anything you're doing as adding stimulus on the nervous system. And the thing is with our nervous system right now, once it reaches a certain point of being stimulated, it starts to experience symptoms. So sometimes we have a really low threshold, sometimes a high threshold. When I used to try to expand activity, I didn't really judge it on the level of activity I was doing. I think out of the hospital for a few months, I was wearing like a Fitbit or a watch that tracked my steps, but I wasn't anxious about my steps at all. If you are wearing a watch that tracks certain things, if it's making you anxious, get rid of it. Completely get rid of it because it's doing more harm than good. It's doing more damage than actually progressing you and it's holding you back because every time you look at it, you see yourself as closer to that limit when really it's, it's more so just a guideline. So I started to increase activity, but I gauged a lot of my progress based on not so much what I could do, but how I could handle a lot of symptoms because at the end of the day, that's the key to recovery. So anytime we're trying to expand activity, even for me, there were so many times where I was really nervous about it. I was kind of scared to do it. And it's really interesting because when it comes to expanding activity, usually the actual activity isn't so bad. It's the lead up to it. So leading up to the activity, our anxiety is climbing and climbing as we get closer to that date. Say you're gonna go take an airplane somewhere. Say you're gonna go to a wedding say you have this social event that you need to go to, or maybe it's a neurologist appointment or a specialist appointment, right? So the days leading up to that, at least in my situation, I was very, very nervous and I would get more and more nervous as the day approached. However, 
when the day came, I felt strangely normal. When I was in the car going there, obviously there were some symptoms here and there, but it was a lot better than I thought it would be. And so leading up to it, I was very anxious. During it, I was okay, surprisingly. And then after, once I got home and I lay in my bed, that's when all the symptoms hit me. And so a lot of this has to do with like wind up anxiety or wind up stress, right? So just leading up to it, we have so much anxiety and we get stiff and tight and it's just not good for our body, right? It's, it's adrenaline. Your body feels like it's about to go into battle. Like it's about to expose itself to danger when really there is no real danger. We feel really drained and exhausted and tired partly because we were so anxious leading up to it. So anytime we're trying to expand activity or we have an event coming up that's way outside of our comfort zone, here's an analogy I want you to think about. It's kind of like diving off a diving board, right? And not just any diving board. You know how you go to pools, just like the child diving board, then there's like the medium tier diving board. And then there's like the beast diving board, which is all the way up there. It's the highest one. And if you ever gone off the top diving board, maybe you were a kid, maybe it was a long time ago. Maybe it was recent. I don't know how old you are. When you're standing at the top there, you get butterflies, you're nervous. And when you look down, you're like, holy crap, I don't think I can do this. That's what it's kind of like when we are trying to expand activity. It's not something that you can just think through. You actually have to do the action of the activity and that's a way to start to gain confidence. So just like with the diving board, at first, I'm sure it was very, very scary. But as soon as you jumped in, realized that it didn't kill you, you felt a lot better. And you came out of the water, you're like, hey, let's, let's try it again. So you go up again and let's say you go to the diving board the second time. It's not like all the fear is gone. When you're up there, you still have the butterflies. You're still looking down and you're like, oh crap, like I'm, I'm pretty freaked out, but I've done this before and I was okay. So it turns into this thing that it's manageable. It doesn't seem impossible and you don't have that level of fear. And the more you do it, hold on guys, this is a 10 second reminder. Make sure to hit that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. It really helps the channel grow and get this information out to more people. So if you have gotten value out of this channel, if you find this video helpful so far, make sure to hit that like button. Back to the video. The more you do it, the more accustomed your, your brain to it the more accustomed your fear levels are to it so you don't get as fearful you don't get as many butterflies it's the same thing with any kind of new activity so for example when i went to go hike in hawaii with my family my mom and brother i did not want to go up the mountain with them i thought my body was gonna completely crash and you know i just wasn't ready for it at the time i was doing maybe four to five thousand steps a day on my tracker I could walk in malls, I could drive around, I could walk my dog and I was okay. I just felt some burning sensations, but I definitely didn't think I was ready to go up the mountain. What happened was I had zero intention of going up the mountain, but my mom just, she was like, okay, you can wait in the car. First of all, I didn't even want to wake up to go to the hike. I was somehow convinced to just wait in the car. So I was like, okay, I'll wait in the car. So they take off and I can't find the key. And I didn't realize that they actually took the key with them. So. I went to go chase them, at least like walk behind them and try to catch up to get the key. And this is at like five in the morning, right? So we wanted to watch the sunrise. And so I'm chasing them as in like speed walking and I can't reach them. As I got further and further, I figured, okay, I'm just gonna continue walking. Let me go for five minutes. Then I went for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. Next thing I'm at the top of the mountain and it wasn't some crazy hike. It was slow incline. But that's when I realized a lot of my fears were holding me back from expanding activity. That my mind, my brain was way more capable than I thought it was. And the anticipation of doing activities was way worse than actually doing them. So I'm not saying go for a hike right now. I'm not saying try going for a jog or increase your activity through the roof because 
at certain points in my recovery, there's no way I could have done that. You can't just go from, for example, sitting on a couch and being uh, housebound to walking up a mountain, right? Obviously, that's not a good idea. But maybe you can go from your house to walking outside to walking 20 meters away, 50 meters away, 100 meters away. There's actually a, a lady in recovery jumpstart. Very interesting story. She had long COVID on top of the CFS and a lung infection. She's been sick with this for you know, quite a few years. But within six to seven weeks, she was able to go from being afraid of just going outside to get fresh air to leaving her house to being able to walk 400 meters the other day. That's a full time around like an Olympic sized track, which is a lot. Now she didn't just go from being in her house to walking 400 meters. We had to chunk it down. But the only thing that changed was the mind shift we had around activity. Introduce it slowly. Understand that the adjustment period is just your body being hyperstimulated because the body will do what the body was trained to do, will protect you. So anytime we're expanding activity, just, just realize like deep in your mind, there's going to be fear. There's going to be worry about what could go wrong. But a lot of times we, we just have to do it anyways. That's the way to get to the next level. And so the anticipation leading up to the activity and also the aftermath of waiting around saying like thinking to ourselves, uh Oh, what's going to happen. That's what causes a lot of symptoms. There is also the physical part of it that, that causes symptoms, but for the most part, what causes the most symptoms is how we respond to the symptoms. And typically what puts us in an adjustment period is not what keeps us in an adjustment period. It's very important to note that. So for example, maybe you go for a walk and you trigger a bunch of symptoms, right? After you walk, the walking's done, right? You go home, you rest two, three, four days later, maybe you're feeling symptoms. What's going to prolong that adjustment period is not anything physical. It's the mental aspect of it. It's any kind of negative emotions around that adjustment period towards your body. That's actually going to prolong the symptoms. So it's really important to just like wrap your head around that. What causes adjustment periods is typically not what keeps people stuck in adjustment periods. So having a negative mindset or a negative attitude or negative emotions around an adjustment period, that could be the difference maker from having an adjustment period for one or two days to a full week. In some cases, two weeks, right? That's exponential. So that's how much the mind plays a role in a lot of this. And I'm not saying this is all in your mind. Don't get me wrong. But what I am saying is that it's much more than just physically doing a little bit more, right? There's a whole other aspect we ought to work on. We got to do a little bit more physically, but also work on the mental side of things, Can cool the emotions, make sure we're not panicking or, or worrying or being fearful of every symptom that we get. If we can kind of cool those primal instincts down, we're going to be a lot better off. And this whole journey is going to go a lot faster. And I know it's very hard in the moment, which is why a program like recovery jumpstart is so good what works so well and helps people just expedite their progress is as long as they're attending the calls and they have adjustment periods, we can just reassure them, get them back on track for their specific situation. Like what, what do they need to do next? What, what are some guidelines that they could do next? Can they jump back into it now? Or should they wait a few days? How should they adjust? So that's where a program like recovery jumpstart really comes in is just to provide that extra reassurance and let you know that like, as you're in an adjustment period, you're good. It's okay. We're right here with you. I've been there before. You're going through it with other people. So you don't feel like you're the only one in the trenches, right? And at different times, 
people go in adjustment periods, come out of adjustment periods, but everybody's helping each other out. So that's all I wanted to share today. Just be mindful of when you do activities, the lead up building up to the activity typically is very draining and very stressful and can cause a lot of negative emotions. And that is actually what makes the activity feel way worse than it really is. So just keep that in mind. If you got some value out of this video, make sure you hit that like button and hit the subscribe button. It helps this channel grow. If you are interested in getting some extra help so that you have some support during adjusting periods or you need to kind of like a recovery roadmap to help expedite your progress, then you can apply to Recovery Jumpstart. There's limited spots available. The link is down in the description. Just remember, you are just one mind shift away from living a life with thriving health. I'll see you in the next video.